Alright folks, welcome to another installment of the Sports Rat Podcast. In just a few minutes, we will get you updated on some news, some issues, whatever you want to call it. Talk a little bit of NCAA, some NBA, some NFL. And we're going to continue, or we're going to begin our breakdown of first two episodes of The Last Dance. Stay tuned, Sports Rap is coming right at you in just a minute. Alright folks, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another installment of your favorite Monday morning show, Sports Rap, with your boy, Sports Rap D, and I'm here to give you some news, some updates, some sports, yeah, I said some sports, I got some stuff to report for you, so we'll get into it, as always, we start with our news and updates, this first one, I'm going to bring William Campler, what's going on? So, good morning, everybody. As you know, Facebook Live Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page is where you can find us. You can also get me on YouTube, Sports Rap TV. So, check over there, too, if you can't get Facebook. Whatever you need to do, do what you need to do. What's going on? So, as we start, uh, I know my partners who are not here with me today, so shout-outs to them. Ghosts, what's going on? I hope that they are um, staying safe and, you know, doing what they're supposed to do to make sure that they are safe and their families are safe. Such, But shout-outs to them. Uh, this first update I'm going to give is not going to be in their liking, as they are both San Francisco 49ers fans. And just a little tidbit to backtrack a little bit. Uh, when Frank was here, the last time he was here, I believe, or the last time we talked during uh, football season, or right after the season was over, I mentioned to him that, it was going to be difficult for them to keep a lot of their players or some of their players. So I think what they're doing now um, and the report that I have is that they are open to trading both of their first round picks. So it looks and sounds like to me that they are trying to move down into their trade down into the trade down in the draft to, you know, have some salary cap room, some cap space to re-sign uh, some more of these guys or to bring some other free agents in. So we'll see, but that is the current news. The 49ers are open to trading their first two, their two first-round draft picks. Jackie Bridges, what's going on, my man, all the way from the other side, from Texas, what's happening? Uh, Taysom Hill will not sign his rookie, his, his restricted free agent tender from the New Orleans Saints. Um, it appears that he wants to be a starter somewhere or compete to be a starter somewhere, and it doesn't look like that would be much in line for him in New Orleans right now. And finally, on the NFL news update, the Jacksonville Jaguars are listening and open to trading Leonard Fournette. So, folks, that is your quick brick of NFL news and updates. And we will definitely have more NFL talk uh, later in the show as the NFL draft is this Thursday, or it starts this Thursday. It's April 23rd. Uh, we'll definitely talk a little bit. We'll get into some mock drafts a little bit. We'll definitely talk about what the Eagles may possibly do. Uh, in the fat past few weeks, they've been trying to keep it under the rug. But here recently, as late yesterday evening, they have um, 
been more channeling towards it as people have been reporting that they are possibly leaning towards a wide receiver in the first round and there could also be a possible trade up in the draft to get one of those coveted wide receivers and this draft is is deep on wide receivers so a lot of people think that if they stay at 21 they can get a good receiver or if they move up they can get maybe somebody really good so talk a little bit about that a little bit later on in the show so one of the things I want to get to that I um, mentioned in my intro earlier today, my you know my preview, my intro video, I mentioned that I was going to talk to you about some good news uh, from the NCAA. And you know I mentioned I said you know I know where your heads are. We didn't have a tournament this year with the COVID nineteen, so people are probably a little sour on sports. Uh, Cisco, what's happening, my friend? How are you? So. They have decided to waive the standardized standardized test scores for incoming freshmen for Division One and Division Two. So I, I kind of applaud them for this. Uh, you know, with all the knocks and all the hangups, um, we just recently watched the or recently was aired the documentary uh, with Chris Dawkins, Dawkins um, with his fight and his troubles with the NCAA and that corruption scandal. So. There could be some still sour taste in people's mouths about the NCAA, but what I think I think this is a good thing, um, and you know it, it's all based around uh, this COVID nineteen pandemic and quarantine that we are in. Um, as you know, seniors in high schools um, cannot uh, finish their school live in school, pretty much finishing online. There won't be any graduation. They won't walk across that stage or across that field wherever they have their graduation ceremonies and they can't get out to take their PSATs or the SATs which usually is a big part in your uh, college entrance so I, I think it's a good thing for the NCAA to waive that um, do and but what academically the students need to be earning a combined 2.3 grade point average so you know I don't think that's hard when you don't have to uh, rely on this test, I think a lot of the kids can get that average. It's, it's not really hard. Uh, so the NCAA, again, like I said, is waiving the standardized test scores for entries, freshmen, for coming in, Division One, Division Two, in the NCAA. And, and what was said, and this is from, uh, what is her name? Um, well, this is what was said, and I quote, um, We are keenly aware of the education disruptions and academic uncertainty that prospective student-athletes are experiencing. To that end, the Eligibility Center is committed to providing support and flexibility in application and initial eligibility requirements as we remain nimble for additional issues we can't predict or forecast. So, there you have it. So the NCAA, believe it or not, has a little bit of sympathy with them. They are siding with the uh, incoming freshman athletes and feel that they need to do something to help them along. So I give them kudos again, once again, for waiving that standardized testing, uh, waiving that yeah, that standardized testing, just having their you know their current uh, GPA 
uh, for them to be eligible to play a sport if we have college sports back anytime soon or within the upcoming school year. So, folks, uh, we had a documentary last night, another basketball documentary, and it was titled The Last Dance. I've been telling you about it for weeks. It is a five-week series on the 97-98 Chicago Bulls. It started last night with episodes one and two. It's going to air every Sunday for the remain for the next four weeks with two episodes. So it's a total of ten episodes, episodes a five-week series. So you got episodes one and two last night. So I hope you saw it. Um, if you have seen it, you know, chime in. You know where I am. And give me your thoughts um, as I go through what is defined as the finer points of the first two episodes of this long-awaited, long-overdue documentary on this particular team. So one of the first points was evolved around Mr. Jerry Krause, who was the GM at that time. Um, And one of those points was, did Jerry Krause doom the Bulls dynasty well now folks just be mindful that when I when I'm talking about these points uh, I'm going to try and give you a little bit of what was put out on the documentary if you didn't see it so you can catch up and be up to speed as and then I'll give my take on it so like I said so you'll know what was going on or somewhat have a somewhat of an idea of what was going on in these each particular uh, point or a particular moment. So again, did Jerry Krause doom the Bulls dynasty? So as this article goes, it says they didn't pull any punches. Uh, very very early in the first team, first fifteen minutes of the first episode, um, you knew or you were brought to the it was brought to your attention that there was tension within those ranks between Jerry Krause, coach, players, and all of that. So, as it progressed on, you know, there there was a lot of tension. Uh, you know, Jerry Krause was an original or former baseball scout before he became the general manager of Chicago Bulls. And one of the surprising points that, that is pointed out is the fact that it took a lot of nerve to tell a five-time NBA champion coach that this current this coming season and this is the point I'm playing picture I'm painting for you 97-98 would be his final campaign even if they went 82 and 0 now that my folk my people is pretty tough to take um it's a tough pill to swallow if you can even swallow that pill so my thoughts were for this particular incident is is I know that they were saying, "Hey, champ, what's going on? Champ, give me some feedback, man. Let me know what you thought about the documentary last night as we go through." So, my particular thoughts are: um, I don't understand what Jerry Krause was doing right here, and like the article put it out, plain and simple and right to the point. 
it's hard to fathom that a former baseball scout would tell a five-time. I mean, this guy's just won five championships for this organization. Five. Not like I won one and then we got back to the playoffs and we got back to the playoffs. Uh, I won five titles. Three in a row and then I just won two in a row and we're looking for number six. But you tell me, even if we go 82-0, and 0, this is the last, this is it. So, so taking it, breaking it down even further, looking at it as that coach, Phil Jackson in particular, uh, and we all know the business. We've talked about the business plenty of times on the show. You know how things go. We all know we watch sports. We know how things go. Just won you six championships. My contract is up. If you want me to stay, bang, 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 you know what it boils down to. I'm going to need a bump and some pay here. I just won you six championships, two three-peats. And I'm giving you the foreseeable future, in my opinions here. You know, we're looking at a campaign to win number six, put us at two two three-peats, six titles, unprecedented. And you tell me, no matter what, even if we go 82-0, and this is my last year, you're going to break this up, you're going to move on. As that coach, again, Phil Jackson, it, it lead, and this I'm speaking as if I were Phil Jackson. So these are my, my points and my perspective. It would lead me to believe that either you want to blow it up, like I just said, uh, you don't want to pay me, you don't want to pay some of the players that I'm probably going to lose even if I were to stay or if I was told that I would be able to stay, and you want to move on and go in a different direction after the success that we had where there's really no reason right now to bother it like that old cliche if it's not broke don't try to fix it so i think jerry did have a part in this uh i think jerry was jerry cross was a lot stubborn and at one point in the uh documentary they talking to michael about and they asked michael about another point with scotty and jerry cross where there was other tension you know and they asked mike at one point and you know mike said to the effect of you know he wants jerry to do this and jerry's not going to do that so there was a different understanding as far as those individuals michael jordan and scotty pippen and if you listened to what Scotty said about that contract, and we'll get into that a little bit later, you know, you have to take it for what it's worth. So me, I do think that Jerry had a role in that. And the tension created even more tension. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been a lot of questions about Scotty. You know, it's a lot of things that, that go on. Um, we'll get to that. I think I have that in here. I just want to get to that down towards the end as we progress. So, you know, he, um, like once Steve Kerr said, and I quote, he deserves a lot of credit for building the team, but he he couldn't get out of his own way. Um, okay, and yeah, he, he but he couldn't get out of his own way, end quote. And that's from Steve Kerr. And one of the things that could be um, one of the things that could be behind that is he probably thought he was the smartest person in the room. Um, he looked at 
what he built and felt like um, he was the man, so to speak, um, on a different level, though, as far as administrative or executive wise. And, and he felt like he was the boss. He was running the show and people had to fall in line his way. And, you know, that kind of what is what Steve Kerr meant when he said he couldn't get out of his own way. So moving along, um, there was one point, and this is Michael Jordan's season. And, and you know, they, they broke this down. They talked about some early times in his season when he was a rookie and when he first came in and, and things of that nature. But one of the other points was, and they call it, and I quote, the, tr the Bulls traveling cocaine circus, end quote. The way Michael broke that down was he was in the hotel. He was looking to do something, knocking on doors, couldn't find any teammates. Then he finally gets to this one door. He knocks on the door. The He hears a deep voice in there, says, somebody's at the door, yada, yada, yada. He looks in, goes in. They let him in. They say, oh, he's a freshman. I mean, our freshman. I'm still thinking college, whatever. <laughs> he's the rookie. He's all right. Let him in, whatever, whatever. And, you know, he broke it down. He said there's the guys in the room that are broken down. He's like, you got your lines over here, your weed smokers here, your ladies over here, yada, yada, yada. And at that point, in that 80s, that era, that was what was going on in society. That was going on in that society as far as professional sports, NBA, things of that nature. That was, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stretch a little bit and say pretty rampant at that time. Uh, he immediately removed himself from that room you know stating and i quote if this place were to get raided i'm going down just like everybody else because i'm just as responsible as everybody else in this room end quote so he made a concerted decision on his own as a rookie to leave that situation and, and not be a part of that um at that moment now the title comes from that meeting with Jerry Krause and Phil Jackson. And, you know, the players that were interviewed would say that, you know, we would come into uh, games and Phil would have the game plan laid out, you know, laminated covers, whatever, whatever. So you look at this particular one, and it's got the Roman numerals. And you'll see it in the documentary. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It's on demand on ESPN right now. Uh, it has... It's a white paper, you know, bold print, one, two, three, four, five, six, the Roman numerals, and then under it, it's called the last dance. And I think Phil's way of sublimin subliminally telling his players that it was the last hoorah without saying it in so many without saying it in those exact words was very telling. Um, I think it was very powerful as well because with the statement being open like it was, just the way it was printed, and it's a the last dance, that could be taken a lot of different ways. Um, it, it could mean something different to the players. It could... In a lot of ways, it could mean something different. Like it could, for some players, it could mean possibly the end of their career. Um, of course, it would. It seems like this dramatic 
successful run is over or will be over but it also kind of gives you like some insight where you might say well 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 what's going on here is there something we need to know is there something we need to talk about yada 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 so i think the last dance at that particular time is very fitting uh because of that um you know uh meeting so we move into Scottie Pippen, and this point of reference is one of the game's most underrated superstars. Michael Jordan said, and I quote, I considered him my best teammate of all time, end quote. Um, Scotty was there for all the titles. He says he wouldn't have won them without Scotty. Now, the tension that we mentioned earlier and Scotty was a, a virtual unknown. Um, he came into the league as as a surprise. He was actually traded for by the Bulls. He got drafted by the Seattle Supersonics and then ultimately ended up in a trade to uh, end up playing for the Bulls, having a great career with the Bulls, one of the top 50 players of all time. Um arguably, if not the best number two in the league, in history. So there was an issue with the contract that Scotty signed in 1991. And the deal he signed was $17.5 million, and it lasted through 98. So that's $17.5 million for nine years. Jerry Krause, Jerry Reinsdorf, Bulls owner, refused to renegotiate, as did Jerry Krause, refused to renegotiate. Plenty of people um, have referenced this and made points and made it known that Scotty probably shouldn't have signed that contract. He was worth more. Uh, he was definitely um, yeah, Baldy. What's going on? Um, just a quick chime in. Ivan Robinson asks, "Do I think he would have been able to carry the team by himself?" Um, if you're talking about Scotty, I don't think so. Only because I think Michael's competitive nature was a little bit higher. And no disrespect to Scotty. Like I said, Scotty was, what's up, ball? Scotty was a great teammate, as Michael Jordan stated himself. Great teammate. I just think the aggressiveness as far as their competitive levels were different where you saw, as they showed you early in Mike's career, where there was the one game when they were down in the third quarter and he willed them back to win, pretty much like we say now, put the team on his back and won that game. And then they said, everybody from that moment on, Rod Thorne even said it, everybody from that moment on, on that team knew, this kid is not going to let us just lose games. So they got on board with that. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, so I don't think, 
that Scotty could have did it by himself. As we saw, as great as Michael Jordan was, he didn't do it by himself. And he admits it that he didn't do it by himself. And don't get me wrong, people. Monte, what's going on, Coach? Glad you are tuned in. I am huge, huge Michael Jordan fan. If you ask anybody that knows me, you ask my wife, whoever, I am a huge, huge, ginormous Michael Jordan fan. But as we keep it here, we keep 100 radio, keep it 100, call a spade a spade. He didn't win it by himself. And again, if he's greatness, he can tell you that, and he does tell you. Scottie Pippen was a very, very huge part in him winning those six titles. But getting back to Scottie in this contract, one of the things that I was not impressed or just a little proud of, and this was a personal proud moment for myself my partners in the show, because on the show we talked about how players um, that make these professional, make the professional level are a lot of times, I'm just going to break this down real quick, and this is containing all sports for real, real fast. Um, a lot of these guys come from southern towns, single parent homes, yada, 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 and then they get this money, and then it's like, whoa, I can take care of my whole family, not just my immediate family, I can take care of just about my entire family. So, they're able to do it. So they're at one at initially they are just happy with what they got. Now, getting back into what was said about this contract with Scottie Pippen, like we mentioned like I mentioned, a lot of people felt like he shouldn't have signed it. His own coach, few of his teammates, yada yada yada. But what he also said in that moment initially was the fact that I had the money that I had at this particular point, and it put me in a position to take care of my family. At this point, I don't need, I don't feel like, and I'm taking this as my interpretation of what he meant. I don't feel like I need to disrupt anything right now because I can continually do what I need to do and be okay myself with what I'm getting. Until that switch hit and he realized his potential or he achieved his potential and realized what he could be, how much of a part he, how much of a huge part he played in the success of that run. And this is what I meant when I said there was a different understanding individually between Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen at that time, where Michael Jordan understood these guys, this is what it is, they're not going to change. I'll have my moment sooner or later, and we'll get there when we get there. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Scottie maybe didn't understand that um, so much. And back to that question, uh, my partner, Baldy, chimed in, and he says he wasn't that kind of dude that you can base your franchise around. I will say Grant Hill was Pippen, Pippen-like and a franchise player. I, I can agree with that, and that's what I meant. Like, Grant Hill had the complete skill set, and he had that. It's something about some particular players, Brandon, what's going on, that have that extra boost as far as competitive, where they have that little bit extra. They have that, mm, as we like to say um, from time to time. But, again, 
Scotty was in a position where he felt like he was cool initially. He could do what he needed to do. And then, like I said, he achieved his potential. He realized how huge of a part he was to that whole system, to that whole success of that system. And then he felt like he should have been paid more, which a lot of people agree. Thank you, brother, always. Appreciate you. And it's one of those things where, again, like I said, these guys come in naive. I mean, Scotty Pippen, Central Arkansas. Like, when they drafted him, and you saw the clip, you, they said it. You've never heard of Scott Pippen. They didn't even call him Scotty initially. They called him Scott Pippen. Okay? So he had one of those careers growing up, and you saw it, and I'm just re retracing it for you, where they said he was at one point, he was 6'2". In a few months, he grew to be 6'5". Then he was at 6'8". But he kept his guard skills from when he started out. So this was what made him become the player that he was in the NBA. So, uh, But that contract uh, spewed more tension between a player and Jerry Krause. Um, there was a time on a bus, a team bus, where Scotty was just spewing stuff at Jerry Krause. And he figured that it was the end, so Stan, what more can he do? He, he's already talking about trading me, listening to officer trading me. So basically, in Scotty's head, he's already talking about firing me. Anyway, so why wait? Uh, here we go. Baldy chimes in. He says, Pip sacrificed uh, taking a terrible contract. Mike took less money to get the right guys. Ending that contract, he had all the right to negotiate however he felt. Even Phil was cool with it. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned, Scotty sacrificed. He didn't have anything coming up, as we like to say. And I told you, we talked about it on the show. And you see, this is a kind of like a poster boy image, so to speak, for what we talked about in that whole entire situation. Where he was at when he got that contract, people were saying, yo, you shouldn't have signed that. You this and whatever. He, and initially... He was like, listen, I can take care of my family comfortably. And then some. I'm going to ride this out until it's time. And when it's time, then we'll see what happens. You know, unfortunately for Scotty's sake, and I mean that loosely, that came quicker than he expected. Where, And I mean that by saying what I mentioned, where he achieved his potential, where he achieved his level of success and realized his level of success and his assistance with that organization and that success of that run. So he did sacrifice, but later on, like I said, he realized like every other player, you have to know your worth. And if you feel like you need to be paid more, you should try to get paid more. Uh, we talk a lot about today's game where players getting rest and they have now dubbed that, load management, if you will. Uh, Jordan wanted no part of load management. Uh, you remember he broke his foot. That sidelined him for most of his second season in the NBA. He oversaw his own rehab, and he returned at the end of that season, and he was only playing seven minutes per half and didn't really like it. Okay, 
uh, the last game of that season, Krauss insisted that Jordan sit out the final possession since he'd hit his minutes limit. Fortunately, John Paxson hit a game winner that sent Chicago to the postseason, but the documentary suggested that may have been the moment distrust between Mike, MJ, and the front office began. What's up, Rodney Hall? What's going on? Full of your soul, former player. What's happening, my guy? Hope you are doing well um, in this crisis that we are in, or pandemic, as everybody's calling it. But glad you tuned in. Hope you're doing well. So they saying that this could have been, Bing, you hear, you hear where we're going with this, right? Another point of tension. Jerry Krause and another player. Uh, you move into the 86 playoffs. Okay, and this was the ill-fated Boston series where he set the new record, game two, for 63 points in a game in the Boston Garden. They ultimately lost that series, but, you know, they moved on to things after that. Um, then you had the Scottie Pippen trade demand, which I mentioned just quick, just a few seconds ago. Scottie was berating Krause on the bus. Uh, Pippen was the source of trade rumors, and he said that he, at that point, he said that he would not play another game for the Chicago Bulls. That is the cliffhanger that pretty much left you waiting and anxious to see next week episodes three and four because that's what we call the cliffhanger um you asked jordan and he thought that he said he thought scotty was selfish initially he said when he first heard it, he said he didn't know what to say right now but i guess as it sunk in as he got more wind of it um he, he thought that Scotty was selfish. Um, and that trade didn't come to fruition. But, like we said, that's the cliffhanger. Got to tune in next week, episodes three and four next Sunday, to see what happened and why that deal did not happen. As we know, it didn't happen, but we'll find out why. It is now 11 34 34 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour thank everybody that's tuned in i will take a quick break right now and when i come back i will get into the wnba draft and some nba stuff it's some interesting interesting articles i found about some stuff with the nba since we don't have any live sports so we got to find other ways to entertain ourselves um around sports or involving sports so we're going to take a quick break when we return we'll get into some wnba stuff and some nba stuff and then we'll end out the stage show with the nfl mock draft and some eagles talk you are tuned in to sports rap heat 100 radio peace i'll see you in just a few seconds